Let's open our Bibles. I, I know I've been preaching the last few weeks on uh, being immovable and a little bit of spiritual warfare. But this morning, I just want to just, just give a, a, a different message, just go a different way. And maybe not, next Sunday, obviously, Pastor Kane's going to preach the following Sunday. I might continue as the Lord leads. But I want to just share something a little bit different this morning. In Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 12 to verse 16. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 16. And I just want to look at a few little things here this morning in this message, just encourage you to be the church, to be a church of power in this world. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 16. When you have it, you can say amen. I just want to look at the title of the church in the streets. The church in the streets, the church walking the streets, the church being the church outside the four walls of, the, of an auditorium. What of the Lord says in verse 12 of Acts chapter 5, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Where were they done? Among the people. Signs and wonders were done among the people. Signs and wonders happen among the people. Can you say amen? How many believe that we need desperately, desperately signs and wonders to happen once again? Can I hear the church say amen? Praise God. We need God to reveal himself and to manifest his power among the people once again. Someone once said, if that, if that began to happen, then we don't need to do so much flyers and media, promotion, the miracles, the signs and the wonders will attract the people. The miracles and the signs and the wonders will bring the people. Because at some point in someone's life, you will need a miracle. You will need healing. You will need a breakthrough. And when they hear there's a group of people, there's a church where signs and wonders are happening, you know, all, all arguments tend to go when you need a miracle. Can, can I hear a big amen? So the, the church of Acts was a church that did signs and wonders among the people. And I, and I think we can all agree this morning that we need signs and wonders to happen once again, amen, in the church of today. It says, verse 13, Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. Wow. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Not to a church. Not to a denomination. Not to a movement. They were added to the Lord. We've got to bring people to the Lord. To the Lord. Verse 15. So that they brought the sick out in the streets. Everybody say streets. They brought the sick out into the streets. And they laid them on the beds and on couches so that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing the sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And I love this. And they were all healed. And they were all healed. Wow. They were all healed. Now, look at verse 15 again. So they brought the sick out into the streets. 
they brought the sick out into the streets. And Peter walked in the streets. Amen. His shadow. The, the, the idea here is that his shadow, those that came under his shadow were healed. In the streets. The church was walking the streets. The church was in the streets. The church of Acts did not just express the power of God within the confines of the four walls of the church on a Sunday morning. They expressed the power of God also in the streets. It's clear they expressed the power of God in the open plazas. They expressed the power of God in the marketplace. If you look and read the book of Acts, almost, almost every miracle you read happened outside in the open, on the streets, in the plazas, in the marketplace, in the gathering place. Miracles happened in the streets because the church was in the streets. Miracles did not just happen in the confines of the four walls, although they did, but they did not stop at the door. They went out into the streets. The ministry of Jesus can be categorized as one of miracles, signs, and wonders. But again, most of his miracles were done in the streets. Most of his miracles were done out in the open. Walk, just walking and living his life and his, his influence, amen, his presence had an impact in the world that he lived in. Because the power of God was not subject to a specific room or to a specific location. They, they did not leave the gathering of the saints and as they walked out the door, turn around and say, I'll see you next week, power of God. No, they took the church with them. You are the church. I am the church. Amen? So just like with Jesus, most of the miracles and signs and wonders in the ministry of the apostles and the church of Acts did not happen inside closed doors, but outside in the open where everyone could see the evidence and the proof of God's power. The church of today needs to bring the power of God to the streets. Revival needs to happen in the streets, out in the open. Miracles in the, in the, and, and the supernatural and revival in the book of Acts was not an event you attended. It was a lifestyle. The supernatural, the miraculous, the power of God was not an event that you went to. It was not a conference you went to. It was a lifestyle. Amen. They, they, they lived the power of God. They, they didn't have to switch it on and switch it off. They just lived because they, they just walked the streets. The church was walking the streets. And, they, and, and the Bible says, and the shadow of Peter, they, the people, see, they, they couldn't get to the church and they didn't really have to because the church was coming to them. And then I would be 100% sure that once they were saved, or once they were healed, then they came to the church. Because church is about being discipled. Church is about us gathering, and yes, celebrating, worshipping Jesus, having a corporate prayer, 
corporate anointing. Yes, miracles must happen here, and, and signs and wonders must happen here. But more than anything, we come together as believers to worship Jesus, but also to receive a word from God, to be encouraged in our faith, to be strengthened, to, be, to receive tools from God's word of how we can be an effective believer and how we can be an effective church. And then we carry what we get here in a corporate gathering, in the corporate anointing with the man of God preaching, with worship. We receive, but, but this is it. Then you go to the marketplace. Then you go to the streets. Then you go into your home. Then you go into gatherings. And the idea is that you have an influence. That, that your shadow influences people. That people are willing to put themselves under your shadow. As, 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 they, as, they, as you walk past them, they, they receive something from you. There's something on you that rubs on them. The power of God. The streets. Everybody say the streets. The streets is a path that you walk on. The streets is the path that people walk on. It is your world. The streets. The, 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 the apostle Peter did not go out of his way to walk on this street. This was the street he was accustomed to walk on. You walk on streets. Your street is your workplace. Your street is your home. Your street is your family gatherings. You don't have to get out of your way to go and look for hurting people. Hurting people come to you. Because wherever you go, there are hurting people. Very rarely did the disciples get out of the way. Now they did, but very rarely did they. Very rarely did Jesus get out of his, out of his way to go and minister to someone. On one occasion, he did in John chapter 4, it says, and Jesus must go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria because there was a woman there who needed a touch from God. And so something on the inside of him pushed him and pulled him to, to get off his street to get off his, his uh, everyday walk to everyday life and to go and visit this woman that needed a touch from God. Sometimes God will cause you to get out of your normal street, get out of your normal world to go and touch the world of somebody else. It's like yesterday, I, I got out of my normal world and I got in a car and I drove all the way to Chermside to go and visit this man who's lying in bed, you know, with lung cancer to go and influence him, to go and pray for him, to go and touch him. He, he could not come here. We go to him. Get out of our way. But I want to, I want to encourage you, beloved, that, that you, you have streets that you walk on. And what, what is our shadow? What, what affect? What what does our shadow do to people? Shadow has to do with influence. Everybody say influence. It has to do with our presence. Do you know that your presence carries? When you walk into a room, you carry a presence. What does your presence do to people? Shadow is our influence. Influence has to do with an effect that you cause in someone. The church was walking the streets and their shadow 
They were influencing their culture. They were influencing their streets. They were influencing their world. Amen. Today we say, come to church, come to church, come to church. But the first church that people will see is you. And I don't want to be, I don't, I, I don't want to go too far and, and, and be, you know, critical. But the reason many people don't walk into a church is because they've had a bad experience with a church member. Now that's not an excuse, but it is an influence. It's a shadow. It's an influence. What influence do we do we have over the people that are in our world? What does our presence see? These guys had a presence on them. Jesus had a presence on him. Wherever he went, good things happened. Wherever he went, healing happened. Wherever he went, there was multiplication because he carried a presence. He didn't switch it on and switch it off. He just walked. He, he lived. He wasn't, he didn't have to be super spiritual. It was, whatever was on him was rubbing off on his world. And my, there are people today that need a good influence out there. There are people today that need a positive presence to come into their world. I go, there's Christians that don't even talk to people. The Christians don't even, they don't even... Uh, show interest in people. We've got to show interest. The church has been called to hit the streets. Our influence, our presence, shadow has to do with our reflection of God. A shadow, when you're walking in a, sh- a shadow, can only, be, can only be real if there's light. It's the, you are between the light and the shadow. And the stronger the light, the more the shadow reflects. Oh, hallelujah. God is light. Jesus is light. And you and I are between God and this world. Let us reflect the light of Jesus. And again, you don't have to walk around and go, and and then try to like put on some spiritual, like I'm going to talk in tongues. No, it's it's just you're reflecting the light. When you walk into a cafe, people will notice. They'll notice something about you. There's a joy. There's a, there's a presence. There's a peace. Your friends. I don't think we can have friends for a long time and them not change. If they don't change, something's wrong. I mean, someone's got to change. I, I, I will have friends with the express purpose to try to, how can I be comfortable with them going to hell and sit with them having coffee every, how can I be, they're going to hell. I've got to endeavor that my presence, that they will eventually say, I want what you have on your life. I love what you have. I love your peace. I, I, I love, I love your, the way you talk. I, I love your outlook. I love your joy. I love how you confront Issues and situations that are that are against you. I, I like your. I I I want that. What that you have. Shadow. Amen. The reflection. The more in God's presence we get, the more of God's presence will ooze out of us. Amen. Say, say in your heart, Lord, give me an opportunity to influence someone this week. Give me an opportunity to, to touch someone's life this week. 
Let me be the church in my workplace. Let me be the church in the petrol station. Let me be the church in the, in the uh, sports club. Let me be the church in, in my family gathering. Let me be the church at home. Amen. Now, this doesn't mean that we're, always, we're going to be perfect and sinless. But it does mean that we're going to be conscious that I'm a, I'm a representative of God on this world and there are people all around us that are dying. There are people all around us bound by drugs. And here we go, walking and running to church. I'm saved. It's like the man that was at the door of the temple, the paralyzed man. The church was walking into the building to worship God and throwing a little coin to this man who was paralyzed from birth. But Peter and John said, how can we have that? We've got the power of God on our lives, not to go and have an event, but it's been given to us to touch people's lives. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Have you received the power of God this morning? Have you received the word of God? Have you received the touch from God? Has God done something in your life? What has God done in your life? Has God blessed you? Has God touched you? Has God poured out his spirit upon you? Do you have the peace of God? Well, freely you have received. Now freely give. If I, would, if I gave $50 to Kalev, and the only way he can get rid of that is to give it to someone. God's given us so much, but it's not for us to keep. It's for us to share. Influence, presence, reflection. I hear of people, men, there's men, certain men that they walk into a room and you, you, just, you feel the atmosphere change. Oh, we need that. Because it's not, they carry a presence. They carry an anointing. They, they carry a consciousness. I'm the church in the streets. I'm the church in this world. And, I'm, and, and again, you don't have to go out of your way. You don't have to preach. It doesn't say that they preach. It said the shadow. It doesn't say that they, had, they laid hands on people. It doesn't say that they started praying. In, they, it's just they're living their life going to the shopping center, you're doing what you're doing, and then God's, and then your, your, your influence, your shadow, your presence. And you're aware of your surroundings. You never know what God wants to do through you on a certain day. Amen. Your aroma. Aroma. Shadow has to do with aroma. There is, do you know that there's a heavenly aroma? There's a heavenly aroma. It's, it's, you bring a, a good smell, a good aroma. The, the aroma of the kingdom, every time you see the kingdom in the word of God, it has to do with healing, deliverance, and being set free. That's the kingdom. There's an aroma to the kingdom. Healing, being set free, being delivered. That's the kingdom aroma. That's the kingdom culture, walking the streets. What would happen? You see, and so we, we want to fill buildings today. But God wants to touch the world. You look at all these churches. Listen. For example, let me just give you an example. And I'll, and I'll name the church. Hillsong is the biggest church in Australia. Maybe 20,000 people. Can I say something to you? That's a drop of water in an ocean. No impact. No impact. It's a drop of water in the ocean. If we stay in the four walls, 
But if the 20,000 people were the church in the streets, oh, what would happen? Amen. But we, this is what God, God's going to, I've been listening to some preachers and I've also spoken with some preachers and, and I believe this. I believe the day is coming where there's going to be an outbreak of God's power in the streets. It's coming. People are hearing it. People are sensing it. People are feeling it. I've actually had a dream about it. I had a dream once a long time ago. I think I was a youth pastor. I had a dream that there was a, an accident in Stone's Corner. Everybody know Stone's Corner? There was a huge accident at a, tra- at a traffic light. And I mean, it was in the dream, it was a terrible accident. I mean, cars completely, and you could see bodies laying out on the streets in the cars. You could see that they were not well, blood even, you know, gashes and, and no movement. And it's amazing. And when that happened, I saw heaps of cars stopping beside. And all these young people, young people, they were all young, teenagers, young adults. They walked out of the, they all ran out of their cars and they started praying for the, for the people. They started praying for the people. And, and, and you saw people getting healed, people being, being completely healed, raised from the dead as these young people began to pray for them out in the streets. And you know, the media came, the news media came, and they knew that this, they saw this happen, they knew this happened. There's a group of young kids, young men, that have come here and laid hands on these, these bodies, and, and miracles have happened. What would, what would that do to the church? What would that do to the church? See, what, what would happen if, who likes fishing here? Who likes to fish? Brother Chuck, be brave. He's got patience. My problem with fishing, I like it, but I, I need to catch a fish in five minutes. Otherwise, see you later. I don't want to be up at three in the morning sitting on it and say, this is beautiful, this is relaxing. No, I could be sleeping. Oh, no, I just I don't understand that. I've done it. I've tried it. I just cannot comprehend it in my little brain that you... And two hours goes by, this is fun. Got the coffee. I'm a little bit impatient in that way. I need to catch a fish, in, at least a nibble, you know. You feel, hey, there's something happening. But can you imagine, you go to a fishing club every Sunday, and there's a guy at the front who's giving you tips on how to fish. Every Sunday, you go to that fishing club, you love it. You, take, you, know, you bring in your big fishing rod, and you bring in your, ba- and, and, and so you walk in there, everyone's got their fishing rod. Everyone's, who's got the biggest one, the smaller one, the, the new? And everyone, and everyone sits there, and the guy at the front starts talking about how you catch fish. And he goes, this is the bait that you use for this type of fish. This is the bait you use for the brim. This is the bait you use for shark. I don't know you want to catch a shark, but that, you know, this, 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 is what you, this is the hook, the type of hook you use. This is, why we, this is the floaty. And, he's talk, and everyone's going, amen. And they're raising their fishing rod, amen. And they've got their little war cry, you know. And then they go away, go home, put their fishing rod in the, in the garage, and, and, and next Sunday, take it out of there and come back to the fishing club to, to hear the instructor talk about how to fish. Nothing's going to happen until they get that fishing rod and go out into the sea. But a lot of churches that, we hear... How to, how to touch this world. We hear how to cast down imaginations. 
We hear how to remove strongholds. We, we hear how to be relevant, how to impact our world. We hear preach the gospel, go into all the world. We hear lay hands on the sick. But do we do it? Much of church life is just tactical meetings. It's just tactical meetings. A soccer, a soccer team will have tactical meetings on a Wednesday night, on a Friday night. To talk, about, to talk about what they're going to do in the game. A tactical meeting is about talking about positions, about how we're going to play, how we're going to pass the ball. This week, we're going to play like this because we're playing this team who has this strength. So we're going to play with, you know, with, a, with one striker and with, with you know, four midfield, whatever. And, and that's tactical. And so you, you, you're not going to hog the ball. You're going to pass it. You are going to run up and, and the tactical meeting, there's a coach. But what would happen if, if we went to those tactical meetings, but there was never a game? And you sit there in awe of the tactician. Oh, he knows about soccer. Oh, I feel like playing soccer. Oh, I can't wait to play soccer. Yes, we'll take on any team in the city because I hope that he's inspired me today. Oh, yes, I can score some goals the way he told me to position myself, what, what I need to do. He just gave me some techniques, some tactics of what I need to do to get better. Oh, I can't wait. But never play soccer. Never play a game. So we get full up here about tactics. Well, the church is no different. Much of the church today in Australia, Sunday mornings, is a, is a tactical meeting. It's a meeting of talking about tactics. But we never go out into the real world and perform those tactics. That if you shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you preach the gospel, they shall get saved. Amen. Or shall How do we do that? We've got to love people. We've got to love people. We, we will never touch our world. We will ne never touch our streets if we don't love people. Love and compassion. Love and compassion. We need to wake up. Because our world is dying out there. You hear every day. I read the newspaper nearly every day. And I read in the newspaper of tragedies that are happening every day. Even this week, what happened there in Camp Hill, where a man, I mean, you think, how can that happen? But he's there because there's a depression and there's a mental state. And someone, someone says, oh, you, that cannot be an excuse. But, they, but it's not an excuse, of course. You never kill. But how does he get there? It's easy for you and for me to say, you know, what a terrible, never should have done that. Of course he's never should have done that. But how does he get there? Who's asked him a question? Are you okay? How many Christians did he come across? What influence did he see? The mother. They're waiting out there for us to go fishing. In your workplace right now, how many people are there? They just need just to, need to talk. 
don't have to be preachy about it. You don't have to go lame. Just talk. Say, how are you doing? And in that talking, in that asking questions, you know, Philip, Philip went to the desert and there was a man who was a rich man. He was a wealthy man. He had a position, an Ethiopian treasurer. The Bible says, and Philip heard him reading the Old Testament. And this is all he did. He went up to him. He went up to him. Got out of his world. He says, he said, this is what he said. Do you understand what you're reading? That's all he said. What a question. What a question. Do you understand what you're reading? That's all he said. Do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, how can I understand unless someone tells me? Opportunity. So ask questions. People are always giving you lead way to ask a question. Always. I'm watching. I'm, I'm listening for that lead way because everyone was giving, will give you a lead way to ask a question. And not, not all the time is it going to go well. Not all the time. But you trust that you've sown a seed and that you've had a good influence over the life of someone. You never know what can happen. Amen? I was sitting in a sauna once there with my wife and Sammy. And there's this guy talking, talking, and talking, and talking, swearing his head off. I was about to get him by the neck and say, can you my wife's here, can you stop that? But then I realized this man has a need. He's one of those guys that thinks he knows it all. He knows every topic. So you just listen, let him think he knows it all. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And, I'm wa- and, you, and, you, and you're praying here. You're praying, Lord, give me an opening. And I'm waiting. And I said something to him, and he didn't receive it. It's okay. Here you go for the next opportunity. How many people are waiting for us just to say, Do you understand what you're reading? Have you thought about your life? Can I help you? Do you know where you're going? Questions. Everybody say questions. Shadow. The church must be in the streets. And the church must connect with its world. Jesus said, and I close with this, Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 verse 21, go out quickly into the streets. Actually, let's read it. I want us to read it as we close this morning. Luke chapter 14. So you need to have a love and compassion for people. Until we see this world through the eyes of God's love and compassion, we will never reach out to them in everyday life and everyday opportunities. We need to show gestures of kindness and generosity. The ministry of Jesus was one of love and compassion. You know, sometimes I'm driving in the car. I drive in the car. I'm alone, I'm praying, I'm listening to a message and I, and I just start looking at cars, I start looking at the people and I think to myself, I've never seen these people never in my whole life and I start saying, every soul, every one of them has an eternity they're just driving to work living the life some of them are, are living a, a terrible life some of them are, are burdened, exhausted 
one day I was at, at Angel Pili shopping center. I just sat down. I sat down by myself like this. And I just started, I want to look at everybody walking past. And I'm thinking in my mind, every single one of these people have an eternity. Every single one of them. Every single one of them has a story. Every single one of them is going through something. Every single one of them has gone through something. Every single one of them has a story. But if we just forget about them, what about our world, our friends, our family? We cannot just sit there year after year and they're not impacted by what's on our life. Because the real definition of love and compassion is that if you're going off a cliff, I'm going to stop you. That if you're in a house burning and my wife or your son is there, you're going to go in, even though it's burning. I don't think we, get, we grasp love and compassion, understand that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And that if someone dies without Jesus, they die to an eternal hell. And the only Jesus they will know is you. In their street. In their world. Pray for your world. Pray for your associates. Pray for the people you have an influence over. That God gives you opportunities to minister to them. God gives you opportunities to share the good news with them. Just tell them what God has done in your life. That's the good news. That you've got to have love and compassion. We've got to have a boldness. Everybody say boldness. We need boldness. Now that's key. Ask God for boldness because not everyone is bold. A lot of people are shy. Not everyone has confidence, but you can ask God for boldness. Peter prayed to God. He says, God, grant unto your servant boldness so I may preach the gospel. Boldness. Boldness is not just confidence. It's like a real, you know, you, okay, God, you're telling me to go and talk to that person? I'm going to do it. You just learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Learn to hear His voice. That you've got to be courageous that you're sitting at a restaurant and God says, go and talk to that person right now and just say this, this, and that to them. Now you've got to be bold to go over and say, I just feel like the Lord, I'm a Christian. I just want to say this to you. Or I want to give you this. Acts of kindness. Here you go. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Here you go. You never know what that will do. Amen. Luke chapter 14. We'll finish with this. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, verse 15, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. This could be a church service. It's talking about the marriage, the marriage supper in heaven but it could be a church service invite people to church tell the people that are members of the church to come there's a service but they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him I have bought a piece of ground these are Christians 
These are believers. These are people that have been in church a long time. I, 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 I've just bought a ground. I must go and see it. I ask, I ask you to have me excused. Another one said, I have bought five oxen and I'm going to test them. Someone would say today, I've just bought a car and I'm going to go and test it. I ask you to have me excused. I, I can't go to church this morning because it's raining. I, excuse me. I, I can't go to church this morning because I've got a house that I have to clean. I, I can't go to church this morning because I've got to cut the lawn. Have me excused. But it, it's people that take God for granted that do that. These are safe people. People that have been in, in the church for a very, very long time. They think they can just excuse themselves with God. Still another said, I have married a wife. Well, and therefore I cannot come. What's that got to do with it? It's like those people, and I've prayed for them. I hope no one here is in that, in, that, in that basket. But they pray to God. They want a baby. They want a son. They want a, they want a baby. They want a baby. They want a baby so bad. They come. We pray for them. God, bless them. Give them a child. And they want a child so bad. They want a baby so bad. And God gives them a baby. And then you really see them in church. And they say, because of the baby. Little baby cannot wake up. Little baby needs to be fed. Little baby cries too much. You take little baby to Garden City. You take little baby to the shopping center. But see the excuse. God blessed. What God blesses us with sometimes becomes an excuse for us not going to the house of God. But it's because we become accustomed to his presence. Excuse me, God, I'm not going today. So God, like, he gets a little bit like, he gets ticked off. Look what he says here. I mean, he's like saying, a wife? You're not going to come to church because you got married? You got a, what's your, well, what wife did you marry? It's like, like uh, Adam, the wife you gave to me. Verse 21. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master, who is Jesus of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets. Go to the lanes of the city. Bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Wow. If those who have been Christian for a long time don't want to do it, well then there are plenty of people out there. We've got to go out into the, they're in the streets. They're in the streets. We don't want to be church hopping. Churches are being filled today with church hoppers. That's how churches get filled today. Church hoppers. We are a church. This church is a church for the hurting, for the broken, for the maimed, for the lost. Amen. For the one that is wealthy but has no peace. This church. We, but we've got to go and get them. We've got to go to the streets. And our shadow has to influence them and impact them. Our presence has to make them say, Where do you, what, what is it that's on your life? And then you can say, Jesus. And by the way, do you want to come to church with me? So that God can do in your life what He's done in my life. It's time for the church to be the church in the streets, in your workplace, in the shopping center. Amen. Hallelujah. May God help us. Let's all stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Let's all raise our hands. Hallelujah, Lord. Would you say, Lord, empower me. Baptize me with love and compassion. 
Baptize me with love and compassion for people. Give me a love for the lost. Give me a love for my family members that are without Christ. Give me a love for those that are my friend, that I call my friends, but they're lost. Give me a love for them that I cannot sit by idly and just let them go on their merry way towards a destiny of hell. Give me a love and compassion for my work colleagues that I get to sit with, that I get to have lunch with. Let me look for the opportunities that you give to me to speak into their life. Let me be a good example. Let me be a testimony. I don't want to be an argument. I want to be a testimony. Can I say something, church? Christianity has become an argument. And it should be a testimony. I never see, never see the church in Acts arguing God's power. Never. You never see them arguing. Never. Because the proof was in the pudding. You cannot argue with experience. You cannot argue with a miracle. Well, how can you argue with a miracle? But we've had to argue so much today. We've got to, we've sort of like got to say, yeah, God is God. Yeah, yeah God is a God of power. We're trying, we're arguing the point because of a lack of proof. Christianity is not an argument. It's a testimony. May your life be a living testimony of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Amen.